Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot see. Through their faith, the people in the days of old earned a good reputation. By faith, we understand that the entire universe was formed at God's command and that what we see now did not come from anything that can be seen. It is by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gifts. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by the example of his faith. It is by faith that Enoch was taken up to heaven without dying. He disappeared because God took him. For before he was taken up, he was known as a person who pleased God. And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. It was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God, who warned him about the things that have never happened before. By his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world, and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. It was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and to go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going. And even when he reached the land that God promised him, he lived there by his faith. For he was like a foreigner living in tents. And so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. It was by faith that even Sarah was able to have a child. Though she was barren and was too old, she believed that God would keep his promise. And so a whole nation came from this one man who was as good as dead, a nation with so many people that like the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore, there is no way to count them. All these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised but they saw it from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country that they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they had come from, they would have just gone back. But they were looking for a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them. It is by faith that Abraham offered Isaac as a sacrifice when God was testing him. Abraham reasoned that if Isaac died, God was able to bring him back to life again. And in a sense, Abraham did receive his son back from the dead. It was by faith that Isaac promised blessings for the future to his sons, Jacob and Esau. It was by faith that Jacob, when he was old and dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and bowed in worship as he leaned on his staff. It was by faith that Joseph, when he was about to die, said confidently that the people of Israel would leave Egypt. He even commanded them to take his bones with them when they left. It is by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. It is by faith that Moses, when he grew up, 
refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasures of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt, for he was looking ahead to his great reward. It is by faith that Moses left the land of Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He kept right on going because he kept his eyes on the one who is invisible. It was by faith that Moses commanded the people of Israel to keep the Passover and to sprinkle blood on the doorpost so that the angel of death would not kill their firstborn sons. It was by faith that the people of Israel went right through the Red Sea as though they were on dry ground. But when the Egyptians tried to follow, they were all drowned. It was by faith that the people of Israel marched around Jericho for seven days and the walls came crashing down. It is by faith that Rahab the prostitute was not destroyed with the people in her city who refused to obey God, for she had given a friendly welcome to the spies. How much more do I need to say? It would take too long to recount the stories of the faith of Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and all the prophets. By faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice, and received what God had promised them. They shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weakness was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were even sawed in half. And others were killed with the sword. Some went wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute, oppressed, and mistreated. They were too good for this world wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. Yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, let us strip off every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. Because of the joy awaiting him, he endured the cross, disregarding its shame. Now he is seated in the place of honor beside God's throne. When we were kids, on an average day, the people that we would come in contact with would be family, would be friends. When we were in school, it would be people that we would see at school or maybe within our community. But in the day and age that I find myself in as I'm recording this podcast, our worlds consist not only of the people that we come in contact with on a daily basis, but it also consists of people that we meet on the internet and through social media. And it takes that small amount of people and it just blows it up to the point that I feel like on a daily basis, I come in contact with thousands upon thousands of people. 
And in reality, I know I don't come in contact with thousands upon thousands of people. You get what I'm saying. It's just this overflow of people, of faces, of stories, of highs and lows. And it just sometimes feels like overload. I know for me, at least it does. And I recently was just kind of processing. I woke up and I just wrote this down. I said, Lord, sometimes I feel that I get hit with waves of anxiety and random feelings and emotions and worries and thoughts that I can't even understand. And even though this is just a little sentence of me just trying to process how I was feeling to the Lord, I know that this is not something that is exclusive to me, but this is something that many of us can relate with. That feeling of there is so much going on and it's so easy just to get stuck in this rut of feeling as if you're alone or get stuck in this rut of just feeling as if you're the only one that's walking through chaos or hardships or difficulties. And it's almost like we're in this island on our own and we are just trying to figure this out like the little children that we are. Passages such as Hebrews chapter 12 has really been standing out to me recently. Because I've been just thinking about this passage right here. When I read the context of Hebrews 11 going into Hebrews 12, it makes a lot more sense of what the author is saying about this crowd of great witnesses. These crowd of great witnesses. These are the mighty men and women of the Old Testament, of the Bible that we read about that almost has these superhero type qualities in the sense that they overcame crazy odds and they went through crazy things. But in reality, when we read their stories, they are no different than you and I. They have highs, they have lows, they have successes, they have weaknesses. And each and every one of them, their strength came through not their own ability or their own wisdom or their own ways of trying to deal with the problems or the chaoses they were facing, but their strength came from a faith, a faith, a hope in something they could not see, a faith in the one true God, the faith in the God of all of their ancestors before them. And the author is saying, we are surrounded by people that have lived life just like you and me. And in the 21st century, as I'm recording this, it may feel as if our problems are new. It may feel as if our problems are exclusive. They're unique. But in reality, they're not. And no matter who you are or I am or no matter what time period that we live in, Each and every one of us as humans will have those moments when we get face to face with the reality that we are not strong enough and we cannot understand ourselves, let alone someone else. And we would say things like, I feel as if there is an anxiety and waves of emotions and thoughts that I can't understand. You read the book of Psalms, and it's almost like David's and a lot of other people that authored some of the Psalms. There's these journals of these people, and these are people that lived in a century beyond our own with different contexts and different cultures than what we face today, but yet they have the same universal issues of just feeling overwhelmed in a world where they do not belong, with issues that are bigger than themselves. And it's been hitting me recently, just the reality of what the author's saying in Hebrews chapter 12. No matter what we go through, we are not alone. Even though the problems, the chaoses, the questions, the, the, the things that we are going through are unique and new to us, they are not unique and new to our God, our creator, savior, sustainer. 
He has walked with so, 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 so many people, so many of his children. He has walked with them through the highs and lows, and yet he was victorious. And the author not only says we are surrounded by a crowd of great witnesses, let us run this race. He doesn't just stop there. We can run the race, not just knowing that there are people that have gone before us that has walked through what we walked through, yet they made it through. Not only do we look to that, but we look to something even greater that can help us run this race and live this life. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. By fixing our eyes upon Jesus, we see the suffering servant. We see the word of God that became flesh. He lived the life that we couldn't live, yet he died the death that we deserve. He overcame the shame of sin and the weight. He overcame it through his perfection, yet he knew no sin. He became sin on the cross. He became a curse for you and for me. And so through his victory, we receive victory as well. And we don't have to be held back by the sin that so easily entangles. And so the author, he's saying, look, not only are what we're going through that you and me, that we are not alone, but we are loved by a God who overcame. And by fixing our eyes upon the author and the perfecter of our love and life that we so desperately long for, by fixing our eyes upon Jesus, we're able to throw off all of those hindrances, all of those weaknesses that we feel in those moments that we say, look, I have these waves upon waves of difficulty, anxiety, and worries, and stress that I don't even know how to fully understand, yet alone process. And not only is it me that is going through this, but every single day through social media and through just my daily encounters with people, I'm faced with problems that I can't fully begin to try to imagine that I have the strength or the wisdom to know what to do. And it's so easy to be so overwhelmed by the issues that we are going through. But yet in our weakness, we can look to the one who is not weak. We can look to the one that is not weak. And in my journal, it's interesting, right after writing about this, this waves of anxiety and random feelings and emotions I can't understand, I, I immediately said this. I said, but I look to you in this weakness. I am your child and I have so much to learn. I know that I grieve you in ways that I am not aware. And I also grieve you in ways that I am aware. Forgive me, Lord. I want to want what you want and I want to do what you want me to do. You know where you are leading me and you know what you are preparing me for. I know that you are ever so close. Please do not remove a sense of your presence. In this moment, even though this is words from my journal, heavy heart, may each and every one of us cry out in that vulnerability and acknowledge, look, even though I do not know, you do. Lord, even though I'm not strong enough, Lord, you are. Lord, even though my eyes are focused on so many things that I can't even process, that I'm overwhelmed and overcome by, Lord, I can look to you that is not overwhelmed and overcome by what I'm going through. Lord, you are the author and the perfecter of this faith that is so fragile within me. And it's through you that I have my strength, that I can cast off all of that sin and all that weight and all that gunk 
of the brokenness around me and within me, I can cast that out looking to you, knowing that you are the champion that endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and now you are seated in a place of honor, and that you invite us, Jesus, you invite us, you invite me to be there with you through a life of submission to you, trusting your spirit within me, enabling me to go through what the people of old have went through and overcome as you overcame the same grave. Through the power of the spirit of God within us, the same spirit that rose Christ from the dead, the spirit that comes within us as we surrender our lives to Jesus, that spirit enables us to run the race with endurance. And the mighty men and women of old, as this author just went through in Hebrews chapter 11, the reason they were able to overcome and endure was through the power of the Holy Spirit. Yes, so often we rely on our own strength, our own wisdom, our own ability, instead of relying on the strength of our God who enables us and helps us walk through things that we have no business walking through and overcoming things that we have no business of overcoming. In a world where daily we are bombarded by stories and faces and videos and goals and all these other things, all this self-help, all of these, you know, all this just knowledge overload that we are bombarded with, so much so that it's hard to even process what we are thinking and feeling and going through ourselves or yet we start to play that comparison game with others and we start to have a lack of contentment, a lack of peace, a lack of ability just to abide and to be present and to trust and to rest in our creator, savior, sustainer. In a world where we are so inundated by the lives of others and can feel so overwhelming to the point that we feel yet so alone. I think about the movie, Bruce Almighty. And if you've seen the movie, it's a man who said, look, why don't I just be God? Because I'm tired of you. And so he takes on the role of God. And there's this scene where he is just saying, okay, all right, if I'm God, I'm going to have to answer and respond to the prayers of people. And it's the equivalent of him like checking his email. And it's just this overflux of just prayers coming in and in and in and in and in to the point that he's so overwhelmed. He's like, I can't do this. That's something that I think about when I compare the daily experience in the 21st century when it comes to social media and all this stuff that we are surrounded by on a daily basis. It's almost like we step into a role that we were never designed for. We step into a a place where we were never created to have this influx of just tons and tons of people and tons and tons of problems and tons and tons of all of these glitz and glamour and all of this stuff that makes us feel less than or makes us feel inadequate. It's almost like we step into that role that Bruce stepped in to the point that we shut the computer and we're like, I can't do this. We were not created to deal with the problems of a world that we are just as broken as everything around us, but yet we were created to fix our eyes upon our creator, savior, and sustainer, the author and the perfecter of this faith that can feel so fragile within us. Heavy heart, no matter what you are going through, you are not alone. And there is a strength that could be found not through our own strength, not through our own ability, but by a faith, a faith, 
a hope in what we can't see, a hope in something bigger than ourselves. And that hope is not in an abstract concept or in a religion or in anything else of this world, but it's in the person of Jesus. It's in the literal resurrected person of Jesus. It's almost like there's a pen and a pen is stationary within one spot. And around that pen, you lay down all these different papers of goals and desires and prayers and things that you would like to see and hopes that you have. And instead of focusing on that pen that is stationary in the middle, like an anchor, we focus our eyes on all the papers scattered around and we tell ourselves the lie. We believe the lie that if we only can achieve what is on that paper, then we will have that happiness, that joy, that contentment, that peace that we are longing for. And so we, we scurry, we run towards that paper, but then we get to the paper and we realize that it wasn't the fulfillment that we were looking for. So that yet again, we have another goal. So we look to another goal and we work to that goal and we keep just going around the pen. We just keep going around in circles, like chasing our tails, going to paper upon paper upon paper from desire to hope, to dream, to all these other aspirations that we have, thinking that it will fulfill us when all in reality, Jesus, the rock, the anchored the strength upon all strength, the victory that is upon all of our own earthly achievements, that anchor is steadfast, is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And instead of looking to the author and perfecter of this life that we want to have an abundance, we want to have a fulfillment, we want to have a peace, we want to have a joy, we want to have a satisfaction. And instead of looking to the author and perfecter of that, that we look for and that we long for, that we were created to want, We look to all of these other things, these counterfeit things, instead of looking to the rock that is higher than us, the anchor and the perfecter of our faith. The author in Hebrews chapter 12, he goes through all of the influencers of the scripture and he says, look, even all of those influencers, if you look to those influencers, you'll miss that they were not doing it upon their own strength, but they were fixing their eyes on a king and a kingdom beyond this own. They had their eyes focused on their deliverer, their Messiah, Jesus. And like I said in Hebrews chapter 11, they did not achieve what they were striving for, but they knew that that would come. For instance, passages such as Hebrews chapter 11, verse 13, all these people died still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised, but they saw it from a distance and they welcomed it. What was it that they saw? It wasn't an earthly king. It wasn't an earthly kingdom. It wasn't anything that this earth can offer. It was the author and the perfecter of the faith that they held on to through their life. And it was God himself that overcame what they could not. Hebrews 11, verse 38, they were too good for this world. They wandered over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes on the ground. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them received all that God had promised, for God had something better in mind for us. Heavy heart today, the better that you and I look for and long for is not found through our own ability or through the social media or the endless scrolling on our phones, but it's found in the resurrected Savior. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses 
that even before the endless scrolling, even before social media and the chaoses of the 21st century, even before all of that, they overcame through looking to their author and perfecter, that is Jesus. And that is how they stripped off that weight that came around them, just like the weight that comes across us each and every day. May we slow down to fix our eyes upon that which matters. You are not alone. You are not alone. Though this life feels so big, and though our problems feel so huge, our God is not asleep, but he's calling to us, look to me, look to me, look to me. I know that I'm not the only one that is tired of having a pressure that I have to be, that I have to perform, that I have to achieve. I'm tired of having this pressure that I put on myself of having to be like everyone else around me. I'm tired of this self-help mindset that is so prevalent within me, within us as a society, as a culture. That we just have to say things to feel good or to appear as if we have it all together or even just to boast in the reality that we don't. There's just so much shallowness. <laughs> There's so much shallowness. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm tired of having the anchor that is Jesus. And I'm focusing my day and my affections and my desires on everything else that just changes and that never fulfills and constantly is changing its promise. I'm tired of looking to everything else but the anchor that holds. I'm tired. I'm tired. And I know, I know that I'm not the only one. The solution to this tiredness, the solution to this pressure that we put on ourselves or that we place upon others, the solution is Jesus. It's to cast off all of that pressure, all of that anxiety, all of that just unmet expectations or hurts or weaknesses or wounds or waves of things that we don't understand, cast it off of us and look to the one that is constant, the one that is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus, the author and perfecter of the faith that we long to have, that we were created to have upon our creator, savior, and sustainer, our dependence, our strength, our lives that was supposed to be. Guys, I don't have the words that can set you free, but Jesus does. <laughs> I don't have wisdom that will fulfill you, but Jesus does. I don't want to be a part of the noise. I don't want to be a part of just this endless information. I don't have it all together, and I never will. I wasn't created to have it all together. I wasn't created to have all the answers. I wasn't created to have wisdom. But I was created to lean on Jesus who does. You were created to lean into Jesus who does, to surrender to Jesus who does.
the way that we are living with eyes fixed on so many things is not sustainable. It's not sustainable. There's only one thing that we can fix our eyes upon that is, and that is Jesus. Around 400 AD, a man named Augustine, he penned this quote. You have made us for yourself, O Lord, and our heart is restless until it rests in you. Our hearts are truly restless until they rest in Jesus. I want to share an excerpt from a podcast that I was recently listening to. And the name of the podcast is Provoke and Inspire. And it's by the group Come and Live. And they invited a pastor on their podcast, Matt Chandler from Texas. And instead of promoting something, they were just being friendly. They were like, hey, do you have anything that you would like to promote? You know, thank you for being on this podcast. Instead of promoting something, he said these words. And I pray that these words wash over you as I know it washed over me. And the second thing that I wanted to share is a excerpt from the International House of Prayer out of Kansas City. And they have 24-7 worship and prayer, and they stream it live. And actually, right before recording this podcast, I was listening to it live. And I wanted to share it with you and let the Lord bless you through it as I was blessed through it. Heavy heart, no matter where today finds you, you are here for a reason. And we have a creator, savior, sustainer that has a plan and purpose for our lives to go far beyond anything this world can offer. May you know how loved you are and may we fix our eyes upon Jesus. Is there anything that, that you would like us to tell the people about tattoos or books or? Uh... <laughs> no, I mean, I think the encouragement I'm trying to let everyone know who will listen to me right now is like, this is our moment in history. Yeah. And I know it's dark and I know it's scary and I, but you were made for this. Yeah. Like you you not not the three of us, right? That's too easy. You uniquely wired by God Psalm 139, uniquely placed by God Acts 17. You, not us, you. For for this moment in human history, you are as crazy as it's going to sound to you, you are God's big plan for your neighborhood, for your workplace, for your family, for your roommates, for your friend. You, you are, it's not Spurgeon, it's not Kuiper, it's not Calvin, it's you. And I know that might feel like a crushing weight, but you have been built for this. And if you'll step into it, I promise you the eradication of boredom from your life, the eradication of that, you know, endless scrolling that ends up making you just feel blah, you have right in front of you the greatest adventure the universe will ever know. Did you know the Bible says that the the universe looks at us and shudders with great horror? Like you are caught up in the cosmic ultimate reality. You are. And if you would give yourself over to it and be brave and and walk in courage, you're going to see unbelievable things in your days, in your life. Don't shrink back. I know it's a little hostile out there right now. It's a little scary. Be bold, be prayerful, press into Jesus. This is this is our moment. Yeah. It's nobody else's. It's our turn. We want to be faithful here in our little run. So God bless you, man. Go get them.
night and day, adoration and prayer in Kansas City and the Midwest, out of Malachi 1.11. My name will be great among the nations, from the rising to the setting of the sun. In every place, incense and pure offerings will be brought to my name, because my name will be great among the nations, says the Lord Almighty. Father in heaven, we come again by faith, and we stand before your glorious throne, agreeing with the desires of your heart, giving thanks to you for what you have already done. We thank you for awakening the hearts of believers in Christ, in Kansas City and the Midwest, coming together to become your house of prayer. We give thanks to you, Father, for everyone who have said yes. Father, we are asking for strengthening of night and day worship, adoration, and prayer in Kansas City. Father, we ask that the feeble knees will be strengthened, the hands that are hanging low will be strengthened. Father, we ask for revelation of the beauty of your Son, Jesus Christ, to strike the hearts of believers again when we are fascinated with his beauty and majesty we will be drawn to express praise adoration thanksgiving by day and by night Father, we agree that your name will be great you are worthy of night and day prayer so in the name of Jesus we ask by the power of your spirit that you will strengthen night and day adoration, praise and worship throughout Kansas City and the Midwest. And we are asking and believing you, Father, as incense arise all over Kansas City and the Midwest, would you give a grand view of your kingdom in this region, as you said. So in the name of Jesus, Father, we ask, let incense arise from Kansas City and the Midwest to your great name, in Jesus' name. Grace and strength to the servants. 